Welcome to That Scene, That Song, a podcast series dedicated to discussing the films and songs that have had a profound effect on our lives. We will be having a broad collection of interesting people talking about the films and songs that they love most and a little bit about how they got through life through the songs and films that they enjoy. I hope you enjoy this series. Hello. We are back. We are back. And I have with me Leah Wood. Hello. Hello, Leah. Hi, Miss. I don't know how to, to introduce you. Um, <laughs> Mum, environmentalist. Yeah. Artist. Artist. Well, in fact, maybe you should continue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jewelry designer. Okay. Activist. Yes. Um, yeah, mum, and just an overall kind of fun person, creative person to be around. Ledge. Ledge. <laughs> so today we're going to have uh, a general sort of chat, conversational, about your your recent uh, journey to all the things that you're doing, uh, family life, business, and then we'll 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 finish off as always to to dig into the two songs and films that have had a profound effect on your life. So to start off with it. I really want to know how you balance your time right now because you're. You're kind of busy. You're, mm. you're doing a lot of things, mm. and where, how you've come to your decision-making process on what you're offering yourself to professionally. Like, you know, what, I want to do this. How did you get to that place? Because I think a lot of people listening are struggling with having lots of interests. Yeah, but they don't always know how to decide which is the one they should they should really go for. Focus in on. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, my. My husband, he's always going, Leah, Leah, try and focus in on one thing. And for me, that's like, I think that's a bit boring. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to have my fingers in all these different pies. Um, You know, whether it is drawing, painting, designing, um, you know, just kind of being out there and being active with everything that I do, um, and with that decision making, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I guess um, I guess it's all about what your aim is mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, and also a lot of my decision making is about kind of what the brand's about, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I like them, I mean, I look on Instagram a lot for different uh, sources of inspiration, which is quite good about Instagram. Has it changed since your kids have come along? What, Instagram? No. It, it, yeah, the gram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we can observe the gram later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, your, your choices on, on where you focus your time? Um, well, for me personally... No, it hasn't changed. Okay. Interesting. It hasn't changed. Um, I think I focus more on what I can do artistic-wise um, and what I can do environmental-wise mm-hmm. artistically and who can help me get the word out there yeah. or who I can you know, talk to to get better insight about you know some sort of artistic project that yep. I want to do yep. 
Um, Actually, so, I just realized we've gone backwards. So sorry. No, no, it's good. We should probably talk about now, and you can do it way better than I can. I, I, I had a look at everything you're doing, and I was like, how the hell am I going to explain this? What would you say are the three biggest projects that you're working on now so everyone knows what you're actually doing? Okay, so at the moment, I've just finished a body of work called Endangered in Plastic. Mm-hmm. And that is um, that is endangered species that I've chosen. Um, and I've painted them on like massive canvases, medium canvases, really small canvases. And I've, um, I've put cling film on them mm-hmm. and glue. So they kind of look like a, a sculpture on canvas. Got it. So when the when the cling film dries and the glue dries, it stays in one shape. Yep. Then I go in with my paintbrush and paint some paint onto the the canvas and create like my gorillas that I've done. Yep. Um and actually I've never done that before and I just thought, well, let's try something different. And it all started when I was uh, painting the butterflies and when I was doing the butterfly room at the Mandarin Oriental, I got really good at painting butterflies. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, right, how else can I do this? So I then set up an exhibition called the Now Exhibition where I got all these um, great artists Mm -hmm. together to... um, paint on canvases or to express themselves you know in you know photographic wise they take shots of you know we had a friend of mine called Kai Price that took photographs of uh, Vivian Westwood standing you know at the beach with like this huge flag and you know obviously she's a a massive activist and is this linked to Project Zero as well no no this isn't got this hasn't got anything to do with Project Zero um this was like my own idea okay. and I was just getting people together. So going back to the butterflies and painting with um, cling film and glue, one of my very first huge butterflies that I did for the exhibition mm-hmm. was the butterfly in um, cling film, which was exhibited um, at the Now Exhibition. Am I making sense? You are. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, so that's where it all started. But also, actually thinking about it, it wasn't cling film that I was painting on. It was actually torn up plastic Sainsbury's bags that I, you know, kind of experimented yeah. with to see if I could potentially put it down onto a huge canvas and paint over it. And I mean, it worked a treat. It was great. How many animals did you do? Um, I think I've done about twenty-seven. That's a lot. All of, so all affected by plastic waste. I think I've done a few of the same. Okay. Um, but in different like poses. You know, I think I've done. I've got this obsession now with gorillas. So I went down to Portland uh, Reserve down mm-hmm. in Kent with the kids. Um, when was it? Half term just gone. And um, I used it to, you know, just kind of research gorillas and, you know, study them. And we went on top of this massive cage on one of the gorilla houses. And the lady who was um, very kindly said, do you want to feed them? 
I was like, uh, yeah. So my little boy, he is obsessed with monkeys. He mm-hmm. just thinks he's a monkey. He, you know, recently for World Book Day, he went dressed as a monkey. Oh, my God. So anyway, he is given this uh, this little piece of kibble mm-hmm. or like a biscuit or yeah. something for the little gorilla in the cage. And he hands it to the gorilla and this little Oh, this little hand from mm-hmm. the gorilla comes out, touches Otis's hand, mm-hmm. and he just looks at this gorilla like, oh, my God. And I was like, I took a picture of it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is man. Is that, does and that happen? They, they allow you to actually have contact with Yeah, them. it was amazing. And then I was like, oh, my God, I've got to do that. So I did it, and I was like, oh, my God. God, I've actually touched a baby gorilla's hand. Oh, it's a baby it gorilla. Okay, got it. No, yeah. no, it wasn't like... Yeah. It wasn't like big daddy silverback. What are the facilities like that, out of interest? I just, I didn't know they had gorillas in Port Lim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They've got a few like big gorilla cages um, where they can like roam about and, you know, just kind of be. And then there's an outside area where they can run around. Um, And then you can stay the night there in different kind of, Hmm. there's there's like a giraffe um, cottage where you can go and stay the night. But it doesn't feel like a zoo. It's no, it's okay. definitely not a zoo because they do. I don't do zoos. No, I don't either. They do take the animals and put them back into the wild okay, got it. after kind of um, if they've got like some um, some kind of problem or yep. if they've been found, you know, as an orphan or yep, something like it. that. That's good. So it's really good. I I don't go to. I, I went ages ago to Regent's Park and I was utterly traumatized. Oh, it was. It's the, the animals awful. look so depressed. You can see the sadness in their eyes. I was like, yeah. no, I can't, no. Yeah, it's just no awful, isn't it? Way. And those penguins, they've got, I mean, I've been to London Zoo once and it was, it was. I was walking around there going, oh, get me out, get yeah. me out of here. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. In my single days, I remember going on a, on a date there and the, the lady I took looked at me and said, you look like you're about to cry. Oh, I was that upset. Sad. No, no, no. But, but I mean, they, anyway, we're, we're digressing. Yeah. We're digressing. Sorry. So, yep. so that's one thing. What, what else um, in terms of projects, active projects that you are doing, can we tell the world about? Um, so I've been doing jewellery designing for about five years now. Mm-hmm. And the way that came about was I was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And usually people like DM me saying, hey, Leah, how's it going? And how's your dad? I'm like, oh, okay, hi, guys. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, this one time I saw this uh, jewellery company. I'm not going to name names. And I said, I just kind of DM'd the lady and I said, hey, do you fancy doing collaboration? Mm-hmm. So it all ended up, really kind of us getting our act together and I did a collaboration with them and um, it wasn't quite put out because of the woman um, having a nervous breakdown and oh, just social media and stuff like that. Um, That's when, that was about five years ago. So that's, yeah, just that's... You know how social media can like depress you and send you into all sorts of kind of weird mental states. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. So anyway, that got axed. So I thought, right, okay, I'm just going to, you know, do it by myself and, and, you know, do these sketches and drawings. And 
see where it goes. So uh, over the past couple of years, I've been doing little tiny collaborations with this little jewelry brand here and this, you know, just kind of seeing mm -hmm. where it goes and how, you know, they work yep. and just, you know, having a feel for that whole thing. Um, and then recently I just thought, right, I'm just going to take the dive mm. and do All it myself. All self-taught. This is amazing. Like you haven't had any kind of pro professional jewelry no. schooling. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. I, a lot of people have said like, you know, Leah, you really need to go and like get your head sorted out and go and, you know, study stones and, you know, see, you know, because people are going to ask you about, you know, cuts of diamonds mm -hmm. and, you know, what, where, where you'd find, you know, the, the nicest gold and blah, 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 blah. So I haven't done that. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of going at it myself yep. and kind of gathering information like a little squirrel as yep. I go. That's good. Yeah, so I'm hoping that mid this year I'll have something out. I mm -hmm. did a soft launch for it last year, mm -hmm. but then uh, the manufacturers weren't great. So I kind of axed them mm -hmm. and I found some other people now. So I'm hoping, okay. this year. fingers crossed. Okay. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned DMs and social media and all this celebrity culture. Mm. I, I, you know, what I would love to discuss with you is how does one stay somewhat grounded in that swell of um, aspiration, people pretending to be people that they're not, mm. um, in... in um, the whole sort of culture now of having to show your life almost on a daily basis. Everyone now with a with a bloody Instagram mm. is is a is some kind of producer of their own life. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, how does how do we all? And I don't know if any of us have the answer, but I like to hear your version of how you do it. How do you show your honest selves online without it being? overwhelming you know because mm. um i won't name any names but there are a lot of people that i've been close to for many years who have fallen off that sort of uh that 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 instagram wagon and just share everything um mm. to, to the point and then they promote everything as mm. well so you know i just yesterday there's a, a friend of mine who was promoting something that had no link to their lives at all. They're also being paid by a brand. How do you balance that? You know, because you must get a lot of incoming, as you say, DMs and everything else. Um, what, what is that world like for um, you? But you know what? I think family is <laughs> really grounding. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's really grounding. Um, and I'm careful not to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm careful not to kind of go, oh, look at, look at, you know, look at my life. Look at what I have, yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen it mm -hmm. and I've gone, oh, God, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. how, how, why do people do that? That's like gross. But I guess, I guess people just like to show off about what they've got sometimes and, um, like to kind of be that thing yeah. um i don't know whether that's got to do and i'm, I'm going to push on this because i said this you know meeting you 
you know, I've, I've met a lot of people that have similar backgrounds to you in terms of, of, of um, family members that are, you know, hyper famous. Um, and it's, it's, it's always interesting to see when people are trying to be humble and when people are actually humble. Mm. And you reek of natural humility. Oh, no, 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 I'm thanks. not trying. I'm not trying to. It's just. It's, I, I, don't, it's, uh, I don't go out of my way to. But where is that? This is what I want people to really hear. Where does that come from? Because um, would you say it's nurture and, and, and you know, ha- as a little person, what you saw and you, you took it upon yourself to decide, you know, what, this is the, the, the way I'm going to live my life. And I've, I've met Jack and I, I know what he's like. And he's also massively grounded as well. That mm. probably is, is important mm. to you having a husband that is like that as oh, well. Uh, 100%. 100%. I mean... He he's quite great when, you know, when I do get my kind of like heels on and yeah. when I do get my kind of diva side on, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, yep. no one's, um, yeah. he'll go, hey, babe, <laughs> get back in your box. <laughs> but um, but I think, you know, I do a lot of meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I go for walks in nature mm-hmm. quite a lot with my dog. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of thinking and I think about things that are right and things that are wrong oh. in this day and age that we live in. Um, in this life that I live in, um, a lot of people, you know, take sides and there's a lot of politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that meditation kind of helps me to see the inside of myself and kind of gets my feet on the floor. But how did meditation find you? How how, how did you? I was in Sydney. Okay. Um, living there um, when I had my first child, and my my mom and dad were going through their divorce, and I thought, right, I don't want to be in London whilst this Fair is enough. going on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to Sydney because my husband's family live out there, mm-hmm. and we can go and live rent-free, and we can, you know, be in the sun. You know, we don't have to be, you know, kind of involved in what's going on right right here and right now. Which, you know, I, I kind of regret, but I did the best for myself mm-hmm. and my family at that point in time. Why do you regret it? Because there was lots of stuff that I missed out on, you know, mm. kind of with my mum okay. and the whole thing. Got it. So we were in Sydney and literally I had that I had no money. Jack was like, you know, we had no money. We had a new kid. I had to find Jack a job at mm. one point. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. I don't know I don't know what I'm doing out here. I'm a mum I, I remember living off of um, popcorn, you know. Popcorn. Popcorn, okay. right? In <laughs> Sydney, in this rent-free uh, apartment that we're living in. We're not many friends, because a lot of your friends, I presume, are in England. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I made like maybe a few. Actually, I made a really good girlfriend who, once we were back on our feet, mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was it was it was tough. It was tough out there. And I'm so glad that we came back to London. Um but that was a part of my life where I was like, holy moly, I'm just I don't know what to do. Yeah. And all you know, obviously I was like 
going to the agencies and seeing if they wanted a person like me, mm-hmm. you know, on their books. And I got rejected. And, you know, I remember one uh, agency going, no, it's okay. We don't want your kind here. And your I was kind. like, whoa. This is in Australia. <laughs> this is in Australia. Interesting. Yeah. But so. you know what you said indirectly, and I, this is what I love about um, the conversational style of podcasts, is that um, I asked how you got into meditation, and, and then you answered by telling a very frank kind of um, observation of um, a very difficult time in your life and finding um, a way to deal with the stress of being a new mother and... Yeah. and um, in a in a in a in a place that you you didn't really know. Um, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't know it at all. Yeah, uh, and I th- I think that's not too dissimilar to a lot of the feelings people that are dealing with anxiety today. You know, with that, that kind of like I don't know what's next. Mm. You know, so many. You know, I in mm. the, the younger people I'm mentoring as well. What scares them most is that it's not being unemployed. It's more even if I get a job, it's not going to be a job that I want to do. Mm. I'm always going to be renting. I'm never going to afford to buy. All those things mm. are, are giving people anxiety. And mm. um, to say, and, you, and right too, yeah, rightly so, rightly so. But 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 also, I think we we one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to have people like you who who is uh, you know a, a well known person to say that you've been through it. It's mm. really important for me to have people that are uh, are in the public eye talk about vulnerability mm. uh, because I want it. I want as many people that are listening to know that it's okay to question yourself mm. and have those moments of self-doubt. Mm. And it's Absolutely. also amazing to see that you've pulled yourself through through that and look at where you are now, you know. Um, and how many years ago? I mean, just in terms of timeline. Sydney was... So we moved back when Maggie was three and she's 10 now. Okay. okay. So three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, seven years. Seven years, yeah. Seven years ago, God, so much has happened. But yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a tough time. It was a really tough time because I felt so far away yep. from everything and everyone. Did that help you find your own identity as well? Because the other thing that's interesting with you is you have obviously a, a, a big personality as a father and a big personality as a mother. They're not exactly small personalities no. <laughs> um, and and then there's 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 you and and how do you carve out your who you are in in, in the middle of all of that yeah well I did a lot of thinking in Sydney yep. um, and I you know the the other main reason to go there was to kind of get to know myself mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. get to grips with who I am and I'm not just Ronnie's daughter mm-hmm. you know because I get introduced like oh, and here's Ronnie's daughter Leah or well, at least they, at here's least they Leah's say Leah. Ronnie's daughter <laughs> and after a while you know you do want to kind of stand on your own two feet and be like here's Leah mm-hmm. you know she's a jewelry designer she's an amazing artist she's an amazing mum I like to think I'm quite hands on mum um, and you know she's she's done it for herself. Yep. I mean, look at Stella, Stella McCartney. Mm-hmm. She's a friend of mine, but she is, 
you know, she's a great kind of icon. Yeah. And she's in her own right. In I mean, her own yeah. right. She's amazing. Yeah. You know, so at one point I was resenting, you know, myself and I was questioning like myself and you know, I wanted to see what I could achieve by myself mm-hmm. in Sydney. And we were only supposed to go over there for six months, mm-hmm. but six months ended up being three years. Yep. Oh, my God. And after, like, two years, I was like, oh, I've, I kind of want to go home mm-hmm. now. You know, my dad came to visit me, mm-hmm. and I remember being so happy to see him and being like, oh, my God, I've missed you so much. And we would walk down to the local park with my daughter and suddenly, we were surrounded by paparazzi, mm-hmm. which is something when I was there, I wasn't used to because, yeah. you know, yeah. my dad's got this kind of magnetic pulling power. Wherever he goes, people will snap, snap at him or snap, snap, you know, with their cameras. Or, But people were literally hiding behind trees. And I was like, oh, my God, I did not miss this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, not being able to walk around freely, which I think I understood a lot more being in Sydney by myself. But when dad came out, like even walking down the street to the ice cream shop, people would be like, oh, my God, you know, can I have your autograph? Well, that's occupational hazard for him. And I was like, whoa, sit back and just be like, dad, you're like really famous <laughs> yeah, stop it stop it <laughs> you know but it, i mean uh, you yeah. have to take that huge step back to kind yeah. of but it sounds like the realize. australia years and i'll call it the australia years were massively important in in terms of your own self development yeah and and it's probably no i mean i'm no psychologist but it's i mean australia is a long way away <laughs> and you know you kind of ended up there right so yeah. that there, there there are reasons and just listening to you talk about it um it 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 was cathartic. Yeah. It's, it's... I mean, I'm so happy to be back in London. <laughs> yeah. But you still needed that time there, I think. But the, I, yeah, yeah, I think that was kind of like, it was just my kind of calling, wasn't it? To just go there, be this person, get through the hard times, you know, learn from that and come back and realise what I've actually got to really appreciate my life and, you know, kind of going forward how to appreciate things and um and you know not not be that person eating popcorn but, but it was, it was, for lunch breakfast yeah, and not, dinner that shouldn't be permanent but 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 <laughs> that, that 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 part of your life was was uh was probably much needed yeah, yeah. because i i you're you're so um uh, normal relatively speaking from my experience with you and I don't think it's an act and I think a lot of those um, you know the popcorn years not knowing what 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 Jack's going to do what you're going to do having a young 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 baby really uh, a million miles away from everything you know and love was massively important yeah um, let's go straight into the music Woo-hoo! you've had music around you all your blooming life obviously yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, look, f- f- for me, film and music have, have all saved me in terms of my mental health. They've been that sort of um, safe harbour mm-hmm. um, because every 
um, song is different for every person. Mm. And I, I, you know, I wanted to know um, really what 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 these two song choices have been for you, um, having you know a somewhat unique take on um, being around the music industry as mm. well. You know mm. how 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 these songs shaped your life. So hit me, <laughs> hit me. <laughs> So, um, the first one is Purple Rain okay. by Prince. Okay. Hmm. Um, do you want me to give you my second one as well? Or do you want me to no, just talk let's, about... No, let's, let's start with Purple Rain. That's a big one. Okay. So, when I was younger, I think it was in 1984, mm-hmm. that film was, um, I watched it. And that is, from that point, that is where my obsession with Prince Began. Okay, you're a Prince fan girl. Oh my god, I love Prince. Okay. Like when he died, Jack, my husband, was like, You've got to get yourself on the next flight to Minnesota. <laughs> Did you go? No. I okay. Didn't. No. <laughs> I was like this close though, but have, have you ever met him? I have. Okay. I've met him and I kissed him oh. on the cheek. Okay. And his bodyguard went, No. <laughs> Pushed me away. Nobody kisses Prince. And I was like, Nobody kisses Prince. (laughs) Wow. And then, um, and then like about half an hour later, his security guard came up to me and I think we were in Tramps, the club in London. Is that where you met Prince? That is where I met Prince. And his security guard (laughs) came up to me and he goes, Prince wants you to have this. And he gave me this like it silver earring that went around his whole ear, and that came back down again. So you kind of clip it in on. tramp. You are given an <laughs> earring by Prince. Every time I do an episode, I I, I just hear some <laughs> shit that you can't make up. <laughs> also. It was like, it was like, just, oh my God, I don't know. I I think I kept it, but I think I've still got it. I don't know, actually. Well, good, remi- good reminding. Yeah. I'm going to have to go home and look through my jewellery box. Um, but it was, it's kind of like the same time that when I first saw Guns N' Roses on stage, it was like backstage and I was sitting underneath, like in the, in the kind of like sound pit mm. right at the side of the stage. I was... I think I must have been about 14 or 15. And I was watching these guys from the side of the stage, like completely wide-eyed wow. and like ama- in amazement. So you, you saw Guns N' Roses in their, in their prime oh, prime. I oh mean, honestly. God. And Slash had the cigarette in his mouth and he was playing and he threw down this cigarette end and it landed on the stage right next to like literally my eyeball. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I I was like, oh my God, looked around, made sure nobody was looking, 
put my hand out, grabbed his cigarette end and put it down my bra. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm never washing my hand again. And I'm going to keep this, like, slash cigarette end until my dying day. Golden. (laughs) I think we we have to have a a podcast called Rock and Roll Stories with Leah Wood. I mean, amazing. It was so... I I don't know why I did it. I was just like... (laughs) No, I I worship. I mean, who didn't? Oh, he was amazing. Especially when he took off his, like, top. I was just like, every young girl's going to be like, wow! Yeah. Amazing. Uh, anyway. Are they, are they, are they, they're not your second choice? Uh, okay, so second choice is um, one of my dad's very early songs called Fountain of Love. Hmm. And it's off the One, Two, Three album. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know it. Oh, I, I listened to it this morning before I took the kids to school just to make sure. And I would have bet all the money in the world that you would never have picked something linked to your dad or stone. So it's really interesting that you've done that. Well, I thought about it. Mm. And I thought, what tune, what piece of music really kind of gets me happy and reminds me of, you know the better years and every time I listen to it it's going to make me feel like the same way that I felt when I first well not when I first listened to it because it, I must have been about two okay. in LA <laughs> um, but it that is one of my most favourite songs of my dad's okay. um, that just brings a smile to my face and you know listening to his voice singing you know you know, it's, it was just a time of, I don't know, just just kind of being in L.A. Mm-hmm. and that sunny kind of feel and just the happier times of life, I yep. guess. Not that my life isn't happy yeah. now. No, but it's a simpler time. A simpler time yeah. and just really fun memories mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it, that kind of, you kind of listen to it and you think, God... I've progressed a lot yeah. since then. Well, I hope your dad actually hears this because what you've said is it's funny with human beings. <laughs> in it, it says so much about your relationship with him. Um, the fact that you chose that song, it's it's a really beautiful thing. <laughs> It's one of my favourite songs of his. It must be the most favourite song of mine, of hmm. his. Hmm, you threw me there. <laughs> movies. Expect the unexpected yes. when you're with me, Absolutely. <laughs> so, movies. What have I put? I've got Reality Bites. <laughs> Do you know that one? Yeah, hell yeah. With Winona Ryder, yeah, yeah, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. I love, love, the love biggest that Biggest crush on Winona. Biggest. <laughs> I remember when, when she was... um. In Dracula with Keanu Reeves. Oh my God, she, she was played. She played Mina. Do you remember? Beautiful. She was, was so beautiful. Obsessed. She played that so yeah. well. Anyway, yeah. So reality bites. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Winona. 
Um, so again, I think when that came out, I just kind of uh, what you what's it called when you kind of not empathise with it straight away, mm-hmm. you kind of connect with it yeah. straight away. Yeah. Bunch of you know kind of kids sharing a flat, you know their problems they go through with their parents. Um, you know, you problems with money, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you can... all this kind of stuff. Um, and on top of that, it had a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I think I know every single word to the movie. It's one of those. Wow. And you're the first person, has, has, no, we haven't had Reality Bites. It's good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I love, I lo- because one of the things about, Shows like Desert Island and Dis is, you know, you, you listen to people talk about their choices and then you immediately go on Spotify or Netflix and you, if if you haven't seen them or yeah. y- even if you have, you want to revisit it. And I haven't watched Reality Bites in 20 years. I know, right? Yeah. When's the last time you actually watched it? Or are you one of these people that watches mm, it every... No, three? I I haven't watched it for at least um, maybe 10. Okay. Well, let's hope time has been... There's certain films from your youth where... You watch it and you, you have the feeling you did when you were 12 or 14 or something. Mm. And it's actually not the same thing. Yeah. And then yeah. there are others where you're like, oh my God, it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Time. like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and things like that. People love because it's always good yeah. when you see timeless, it. Timeless. Timeless. Yeah. So I, I I would love to know your reports on Reality Bites. Uh, yeah. There was one specific scene where Winona goes into a gas station with her um, girlfriend who was working at Gap. Okay. And my Sharona comes my, on. That scene is legendary. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, yeah. that of course, scene? Yeah. And they start yeah, yeah, they like do the doing dance, this. Of course, yeah. Oh my god, that yeah, was yeah, like yeah. me and my girlfriend. We would do that and just be like, oh. yeah. That's an iconic, <laughs> absolute that iconic scene. scene. Anyway, my second um, choice is the color purple. Oh no, you didn't. Oh, oh no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> I watched that film when I was in my teens and I cried my heart out. Like, just talking about it makes me have goosebumps on my legs right now. But, I mean, I had to just... I haven't seen that film now for a very long time. Um, But it has stayed with me my whole life. Yeah. Well, I can report to you that, like a fine wine, it's even more masterful now. Yeah. I bet. It's I'm going to watch it again. More. And also, watching it after life's beaten you up, like all of us, yeah. it's even more powerful. Yeah. So Camilla, um, my, my lady, uh, had mm-hmm. never seen it. Mm. And I was like, I, so we watched it last year. Oh, my God. And she was, I mean, it, 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 it's it's a very difficult film to watch. You know, um, you're talking yeah. about the worst, Danny Glover the worst like, type of spousal abuse you can you yeah. can ever ever uh, witness on screen really but it's also incredibly uplifting um, yeah and um, Whoopi Goldberg is just amazing yeah. Oprah Whoopi Oprah yeah. was that I, one of her first like yeah yeah I think it was her first ever oh, she acting was amazing role in that. Um, and what's really interesting about that film is that um, it's an all black cast mm. um, but it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. And and the genius in that is that Quincy Jones um, is a reason that film was made. And he said he wanted the best director he could find. Mm. And the best director he could find was this white Jewish man called Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and I will not lie to you. I don't think any person of any color would have done a better job 
of making that film. And not at that time. No, no. But even I mean, it it was perfectly made film. It was so good. Um, Yeah, so good. Are there any any scenes you remember that you liked in that? Um, well, there was a specific scene with Suge. Mm-hmm. Remember the singer? Oh, yeah, I'm obsessed. And with she that. sang to Celie. Yeah, sister. Yeah. And there's Winona, not Winona Ryder, um, Whoopi Goldberg with her hand on her mouth yeah because she whilst doesn't think she's this beautiful, is yeah. all going on yeah. and she is singing to Whoopi Goldberg and getting her hand from her mouth mm-hmm. and she put her hand back up mm-hmm. you know it just yeah. spoke to me yeah. so much that film and that scene I mean yeah. Whoopi Goldberg yeah it's blew watch it, it again so the Shug character you know a, a complicated woman mm. uh, obviously I don't know if you remember her father's a priest and um, she has a, yeah. a, some issues because he would never accept who, her lifestyle. Yeah. And there's a there's a scene where um, she's singing in the juke joint, the illegal party place they they, yeah. they go to, right? Yeah. And um, it's a song called "God's Trying to Tell You Something," and Spielberg's cut it beautifully. So th- there's a church service going on at the same time, mm. and then she decides, "Fuck it." I'm going to walk over to my father's church. <gasps> yes, I do you remember, remember that, that yeah. bit. And she starts singing inside and she starts the church. Singing. And, and, and really, you know, just one final chance to look for his forgiveness and acceptance yeah. on who she is. And I tell you, as an adult, you watch that without breaking into pieces. Oh, what dear. a great choice. You, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you hit me. You hit me. <laughs> Yeah, remarkable film. Yeah, it is. It is, and it won a lot, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I'm and, not um, surprised. As also, well. the final it's thing. I'm sorry, she picked the film that I'm like an anorak about, but but also right near the end when uh, she's finally had the courage to leave Glover, and mm. he's like, "You're ugly," you know, you know? Mm. and she's like, "I'm here." Good God, I'm here. Yes. Oh my God. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant script. Yeah. Brilliant. And it doesn't really matter what we all go through, you know. You, 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 as long as you're still here, yeah. you can take it to another place. You no, know, and it's just empowering as well, isn't yeah. it, for those women that have been beaten and abused, and you know, you, you know, you, your self worth is, you know, what is important. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, you're a beautiful person, you know. So rise up. Yep. Yeah. You know, and you know, just I like, believe I like, in yourself. I like the the broadness of your choices, from reality bites to color purple. Yeah, they're, they're two different spectrums, which really which are. again shows a little bit about the tapestry of who you are, in 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 terms of your own sensory engine. Um, so all these all these things you're putting out there, mm. um, you may just think, oh, I like this, but it's it says so much more mm. about how you've decided to live your life. Well, Reality Bites is light-hearted, isn't Mm -hmm. it, and fun. And that's kind of, you don't want to take life too seriously. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, when the serious stuff hits the fan, you've got to know about it. Yeah, many people don't. Many people won't have that side of their brain, Mm. believe it or not. No, I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, it's, yeah. it's good that it's good that you are you are very open to it. Yeah. The final thing we like to do is, if you're a young woman, a little bit lost, or a young man really, and trying to find your way in life, what would be the one piece of advice you would give a stranger, 
you walk into the street that looks like they're not having a good day, what would you tell them? Oh, this is my curveball. Yeah, curveball. <laughs> um, bit of advice. Um, don't take life too seriously. Have fun. Um, and give it all you've got. Mm-hmm. You know, if you find something that interests you, take a shot at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at me. I mean, I've got my fingers in all different pies. Mm-hmm. Eventually, one will work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but do something that you love. Yeah. Don't do anything, especially in this day and age, don't do anything that causes you immense stress. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're, it'll only like hurt and deplete your immune system. Is that right? Immune system? That sounded wrong for a minute. But yeah, it's your immune system. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, my husband worked in banking for so long. It made him ill. And I said to him, no more. You've got to leave that place. It's bad. The the boss is bad. You know, you've got to leave. And he he had to go to hospital. And then I had to kind of look after him, bed, him in bed for like a couple of weeks until it all kind of subsided. And now, thank the good Lord, he's in a job that he loves. Yep, Jack's getting it. Yeah. Shout out, Jack. <laughs> yep, yeah, we know so, your story do now. Do something that you love. <laughs> um, thank you, Leah, for being so candid. Um, right. And... Um, Thanks for having me. No, no, no. But it's you know telling a little a little bit of your 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 story that not many people have heard mm. uh, means a lot that you've you've come here to do that. And I I hope um, people will be inspired to swing that bat uh, a little mm. harder and mm. get the best out of this thing called life. Mm. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. The team of What We See have had an amazing time making this podcast, but it would be nothing without the amazing people at Another Tongue that have helped make this thing happen, especially my capo, the boss, John Love, who has allowed us to explore our creative juices in his studios and his amazing team of sound engineers and composers, Archie Wilkinson, Dan Lambert, and Kyle Rolf, the Rolfmeister. Thank you so much. I enjoy working with you and hope we do many, many, many more things together.